between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. Um, Isaiah, let's see Isaiah chapter 15. Praise God. Um, Believers, Believers Convention is coming up very soon. Hope you are all getting ready for that. That's the, the global convention from Lagos. Um, uh, the Lord is going to bless us uh, seriously, I know. And um, our own convention, by God's grace, in September will follow. Um, amen. Um, let's see Isaiah chapter 15. Sorry, 25, not 15. Praise God. Isaiah chapter 25, if you're there, say amen. Uh, Verse 6, it says, and in this mountain, Father, we thank you, bless you for your holy word. Thank you for, and even the, the spirit of it, the spirit that brought it forth, the spirit that gave birth to the scriptures. Thank you, Lord, for that spirit. I ask, Lord, that you will allow the same spirit to come and minister to us and bring guidance into all the truth which you have to say to us today. Lord, help me, help my heart and my vessel to connect with your spirit and so that you will have free cause among us. Lord, to plant your seed, plant the seed of your word in our heart. Thank you, Father. Bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And, and in this mountain, Isaiah chapter 25, in this, in this mountain shall the Lord of hosts make unto all people a feast of fat things, a feast of wines on the lease, of fat things full of marrow, of wines on the lease, well refined. Praise God. And he will destroy in this mountain the face of the covering cast over all people and the veil that is spread over all nations and he will swallow up death in victory, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from off all faces, and the rebuke of his people shall he take away from off all the earth. For the Lord hath what? For the Lord hath spoken, and it shall be said in that day that, lo, this is our God. We have waited for him, and he will save us. And this is the Lord. We have waited for him, and we will be 
glad and do what? We shall rejoice in where? In, in his salvation. Praise God. And, um, amen. So this, this mountain is very clear that um, this mountain here is the, it's the mountain of the Lord of hosts, like the mountain of the Lord. Um, that's why um, the, the person who is using the mountain to create a feast, um, from verse 6, he said that in this mountain shall the, the Lord of hosts, do you see that? Uh, the Lord of hosts shall make unto all people a feast of fat things. Praise God. Uh, we know that um, the, the Lord of hosts is the same thing, is the same person who, um, who is the Lord of the sanctuary, right? He's the Lord of the sanctuary, and those hosts, we try to um, define um, who hosts are, that hosts are the, it's the sort of, the host is the co- sort of congregation that, will present a, a sort of a foundation for God's dwelling. Right? So it's, the, it's actually the hosting congregation of God. And we said that where you find that congregation is in Zion. Zion, or you find that the second realm of heaven, praise God, um, is the realm that is, that is creating a foundation for the temple of God or for the presence of God or for the what? The dwelling of God. Just means what has to be in place for God's dwelling to descend or for for God's dwelling to to come. Praise the Lord. So the 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 who they call the Lord of hosts here is um, the praise God. The the Lord of hosts is we know the Lord of hosts is Jesus. So this is a prophecy concerning Jesus. Praise God. Who, who now is the present Lord of the hosts of heaven. Praise God. That, that's Yeshua. Yeshua who, who was raised in Nazareth, who ascended. Amen. And praise God. And who inherited everything that the father had for him. He ascended on high and, and then one of the, his, his ministry in heaven is to, is this ministry called the lordship over hosts of God. Praise God. Now, this thing called lord of hosts is, um, it is not a, it is not a, it is not like a name of God. It's not like just a way of eulogizing Him, right? The Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, and all. And this is the old King of Kings, Lord of Lords. We call Him Lord of Lords. Then we say, then we say, Lord of Hosts or the Lord of Hosts. It's not. That's not that. It's not like just a title or a name. This what we call the Lord of Hosts is actually a function. In heaven, praise God. Is what is a is a function in heaven. It's actually an office in heaven. It's an office in heaven, and that this office that's in heaven was 
is a, is a very specific, is a very special office. It's a special office. Why? Because of the, the importance of that realm where that place called the second heaven or that realm called the sanctuary, the sanctuary of God, the, the foundation of the realm of God's foundation, praise God, that that realm is, is actually a domain of lordship. Right? It's actually a place where there is a school in there, apart from it being just a, a, um, a formation in terms of the creation of heaven. But it's also a, it's a realm with a function, praise God, that should carry out a function that has to do with the journey of man and the, and the salvation of man. Praise the Lord. And that function is, is a key function in heaven. Very, very key. Very, very key function. It's not, of course, the, it's not the highest function. Right? There are highest functions in heaven than that lordship, what they call the Lord of hosts. But it's very, very key in the spirit. And um, through the, uh, before Jesus took on that, that that role, that office in heaven, which he has right now. And of course, this is a prophetic psalm concerning Jesus. Um, there is actually, we have some insight into that office, how um, that there are some things we know from the Bible about that office called the office of this Lord, that the stature or the being who bears this title is somebody who comes from a better world, from a better realm, a higher realm, right? So um, the Lord of hosts is not just lordship. Jesus being the Lord of hosts is not just doing that based on the Christ formation in him, that the Christ formation in Jesus is not enough to be a Lord to the hosts of heaven. Does that make sense to you? That it is actually an, is an off, is a special office in the spirit that has to be done by somebody who comes from a better heaven. Right? It's actually an office for someone who comes from a better, a higher heaven than that heaven of the that second heavenly realm where you find the holy mountain. Praise the Lord. Um, there are certain characteristics concerning this being, this Lord. There are things about his person. There are things about his nature. And then there are, there are qualifications of his being that have to be in place because those things are tied to the kind of ministry which he ought to do in the sanctuary. Am I speaking any language that you understand? Do you understand my language? Amen. Now, what, I'm just trying to drive at something. It's very clear. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's very clear in the Bible. When you, you look at it, you, you're able to arrive with the, with, with the understanding of, with a sound understanding of Scripture. It's easy to see that before Jesus Christ ascended and became the Lord of the hosts of heaven, that there was an angel doing that job before. 
Praise God. Do you agree with me? You agree with me? There was an angel who did that job. And, and when they, they had his, that's, who's the angel? It's Lucifer. It's very clear. It's very clear to you that that was his job in heaven. Right? Now, you will not see anywhere where it's a Lucifer, the former Lord, a former Lord of hosts. No, they won't talk about him that way. But true description. When they describe in the Bible what he had been doing when he was there, it's very clear that he was a Lord over the hosts of heaven. Do you agree with me? He was a Lord over the hosts. He, was, he, was, he had a lordship sort of role over the holy mountain of God. Is that very clear? You see that in the book of Isaiah, chapter 28. Let's, let's quickly read that. Sorry, Ezekiel, not Isaiah. That was the book of Ezekiel. I don't know. Is there anybody, does, does anybody have issue with what I just said? Uh, praise God. You don't, are you sure? But it's, always, it's actually correct. It's correct based on the scripture. Amen. Let, okay, let's see Ezekiel 28 from, from verse 11. It says that, moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying that, so, so that was the, the Lord speaking, coming to Ezekiel and um, telling him that, son of man, that he should take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus and say unto him that, thus saith the Lord God, that thou... Thou sealest up the sun. Praise God. Thou, thou does what? Thou sealest up the sun. Thou sealest up the sun. Full of what? Wisdom. And then what? Perfect in beauty. Praise God. Thou sealest up the sun. Thou art full of wisdom. And thou art perfect in beauty. Amen. Thou hast been in Eden, the, the garden of God, and then every precious what, stone was thy covering. The sardius, the topaz, and the diamond, the burial, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle and gold. And the workmanship of thy tablet and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. Amen. And, and then thou art the anointed cherub that does what? That cover it. Praise God. That is the Lucifer, right? They are speaking of him. Thou art the anointed cherub that cover it. I have said this so. Then thou was upon the holy mountain of God, right? You see that. That thou was upon the holy mountain, he was upon the mountain, and then thou, he also walked up and what? Down where? In the midst of what? The stones of fire. And I want to say stones of fire. It's very clear through so much light which the Lord has brought to us. You can say, who is a stone of fire? A stone of fire is one of the, the, the stones on the mountain, right? The Zion is very clear. Zion is a mountain made up of stones, right? It's, it's many, 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 many stones that 
make up Zion. And the heavenly mountain, those stones are beings. They are actually angels. Why? So a stone, you know, and you know that they are not just ordinary stones, right? Each stone, as you are going up the mountain, each stone is varying in degree. Are you getting what I'm saying? They are, they are varying in, what are they, what's the variance? What was the variant property of the stones of, of Zion? It's their what? Their preciousness. Does that make sense to you? We've seen, we've been through all of this. We've, we've learned all of this. Are you seeing that, that it's preciousness? The purpose of, of the fire of Zion is to make stones, what? Precious, right? It's I live, I lay in Zion for Isaiah 28, a foundation first, a stone, right? A stone, then a tried stone, and then a precious cornerstone, and then he that what? Praise the Lord. So that preciousness, and we know that that, that preciousness of the stone is according to the, the dealing of fire, right? It's according to the measure of fire, which the, the, the stone can carry the, the measure of what of fire that so the amount of fire they put on the stone the, is the, and the, the amount of fire the stone can ha- carry it tells how precious it is right when you put a certain kind of temperature of fire in the stone it can walk on it to a point that point, it, the fire adds preciousness to the stone. Praise God. If you increase the fire, you will increase the preciousness. Do you understand? Are you getting the sense? So, so the amount, that word fire, they, so it's not in Zion, not every stone has bonds at the same degree in Zion. Praise God. Not every word, stone does what? Born at the what? Amen. Do you guys get blessed by all these things? <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> hey, yeah. <laughs> you know, the end of these messages is energy. This revelation, when, when you see it, something comes inside you. As if you, have a, if you have a spiritual encounter with these thoughts, when you have a spiritual encounter with this thought, it will deposit, there's a, there's a spiritual energy that is, is not, the learning of what we are learning, it doesn't end in here. It's not stone, fire. That's not what we're talking about. You understand what I mean? We're not talking about stones and fire. We are using stone and fire to speak about the spiritual essence. That when we, because the Bible wrote it as stone and fire. It's not, I'm not the one, we didn't manufacture it. It's everything's Bible. Stone is in the Bible, fire is in the Bible. Everything is the mountain. I didn't bring the story. I didn't come and tell you a fairy tale. I'm reading the Bible, praise God. And so God designed it that by talking about stone and fire, when we're talking about the stones of Zion and the fire of Zion, that through that, you can, they can open door to heart to transmit the spiritual essence that those things represent. 
Are you understand? That's the ministry of the Spirit. We have to be wise about the ministry of the Spirit. And it's because, and this ministration, they come in cycles. We've, we've taught around the holy place before. We've taught around Zion before. We've taught about this thing before in, in different ways. Amen. Amen. And that's the how the ministry of the Spirit is going to be going in cycles like that. But each cycle is depositing something. You can never, you can't get all the, the blessing of the, the spiritual weight of what the second heaven is keeping by one message or two messages or three messages about the sanctuary, about heaven. It can never happen. It can't. But each time the, the spirit will bring pasture around it is, to, is for the release of energy. I, I'm using the word energy. That's the best way, way I can describe it, what they are depositing inside of you. But there's, there's no guarantee that the fact that you heard the message that you, you, you got what was being, do you understand what I mean? That there has to be, there has to, there's a way of hearing. That's, it's, and that's what I'm praying that the Lord will, will give to every one of us. That, that you have so much skill on, on how to, you know, it's one thing to push you, to, okay, here, this is the river. They will, they will carry you and dump you at the bank of the river. Let's say your feet is even touching the, the water. It's one thing to do that, but to make, to, how to drink, there's something, something must happen to you to, to know how to take your vessel and carry the water and drink the water of the Spirit. Praise God. And that is somehow, is an encounter that um, I'm trusting God that for, and, for, and it increases. You know, you know, when you come, if you come to the river with a tiny cup, you can come with this bottle cover, right, and then you will just leak a little. Amen. It's okay. At least you did something. It's possible that maybe the first time the Spirit of God brought the breath of the teaching around the sanctuary, maybe at that time your vessel only had a little thing like this, and you were able to leak a little. It's still fine. It's still fine. It's, it's the commitment of God's breath to you. At a little measure, you take it, and it's going to be there, sitting there. Do you know it's not every breath of God that you have that you are, you will be used that you are using. There are things that God can breathe into you now that you can't even use that breath in terms of your life expression, how you live your life. You can't because you're not in a place yet where you're. You have grown into functionality at the, 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 the point of relevance of that breath of God. You go, I'm saying you might not have reason to that place, but your soul can capture it and keep it. That's why some of this, that's why there are some attitudes that must never be found around you. The attitude of, ah, they're talking about eternal life, so ah, this one is not my business, so me, I'm just trying to learn how to how not to quarrel with my, my neighbor. I mean, I just need to focus on that. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's not, you don't understand spiritual things. That's not the way it works. Right? Sometimes God can, there are some, sometimes God can say, okay, I want to be, be storing the breath of everlasting life inside you now. It's not for you. You can't use it yet. But that breath must be there. Do you understand what I mean? Because, because there will be a season. You don't understand the, the complex path which heaven is trying to push your soul through. 
Do you get what I mean? You can never learn God the way you will learn your physics textbook. That you say, you must learn chapter one, then learn chapter two. I wish God was like that. Even the Bible is, is in books and what? They had to just do that to help us so that we can maybe help us memorize it well. But you see the, you see the way of the, the, con, the, the ministering of the book. You know, it's not like that. Why doesn't the Holy Ghost take us from Genesis chapter 1, then next week chapter 2, and the other week chapter 3? You know, if you try and do that, you will just be talking Genesis. And you, the, the breath in the book will not come. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Amen. So there is something, there's a, there's a, there's a bit of a, it's a sense, it's a skill, it's an aptitude of the soul. Of the heart is the is the the way of being blessed spiritually is is something that you must have. Do you understand what I mean? It's something that you must what? Because it's very easy to be by the river and st- dwell there for years without doing what? Without drinking. By drinking, I mean without being blessed what spiritually because. The, the, it's not just that spiritual things are slippery or they are difficult to attain. It is that even when it comes, man has been configured a certain way. There's something about our mind. We are not okay. All of us, we are not, we are not, we are not okay in terms of when God looks at how should a man be. There's a way God thinks. Right? And I'm not trying to insult anybody. <laughs> Unless I'm adding my, I said we, I didn't say you, okay? So all of us, I'm including, anything that I say, I'm including myself. You know what I mean? That, that when God looks at how we are, they know that there's something wrong with us, with our frame. And if they take us and they compare us with Adam, the way God made Adam, you find out there's a very huge difference there, right? Because there's so much about about you have to understand that since you were born you have been trained on how to receive natural things your mind all your faculties the way you reason the way you think has all been cultured how many of you that did you feel like they cultured you on how to receive spiritual things since when you were, you were little that your main training in life has been how to receive things of the spirit there's nobody like that There's nobody. It's like, go and bring somebody who went to traditional school in maybe a Yoruba village. Why did I say Yoruba? An Edo village <laughs> in Nigeria. <laughs> By school, let's say, for example, you know, Benin Kingdom is a massive kingdom. Like the, it's one of the most ancient kingdoms that is recorded right in Africa. The amount of sophistication in terms of cultural sophistication that they have around their monarchy, uh, you know, the Obas Palace. You know, the Obas Palace, they have school there. They have school there. They are people who are giving to the palace that they learn the way of the tradition. So just go and bring someone like that and come and throw him inside the Western school. You now discover that it's not just about, it's not, and that person could be a very smart person. We now discover that the way of learning is different 
you will find that they have, have you ever heard of the word learning difficulty before? It's different from, someone who has learning difficulty, it's not that they are not smart, but they could have difficulty in how to learn. Are you seeing? So man's problem is complex. Our problem is complex. We don't just have problem of sin alone. Before you can begin to deal with sin problem, you have to deal with our learning difficulty. Because we have been, like Jesus was telling, to, telling Peter, he said, you serve or not the things that be of God. Jesus was just telling him, Kai, you, you, you know, in everything I've just said, you are just, you can't even, there's no part of you that have an inclination that this guy is talking about something more, that's more important than just us. You know what I mean? Jesus was talking about how his temple will, is going somewhere, amen, how he will soon be taken from them. And Peter rebuked him, said, no, no, that cannot happen. Jesus, where was that rebuke coming from? It was coming out of deficit of dullness. Too dull. Peter was too dull when he came to the things. of He couldn't sense that this man was speaking about something spiritual, something that is spiritually important. With all his knowledge of, of are you get what I'm saying? So, when we, are, when we are coming to the, when we are coming to, the, to learn God's things, the way Daddy, Daddy Kenneth E. Hagin, the way he put it, and he, he emphasized this a lot in his, in his meetings, towards just before, almost before he, he, he went to be with the Lord. But he also emphasized it in 1988 camp meeting. That's one of the times when he began to speak and emphasize that don't just learn the word, learn the spirit. Do you understand? Don't just, don't just learn the word. Just you know the way you just say, ah, word, as long as his word is blessed. It's not, it's not guaranteed that as long as his word is blessing you. Do you know what I mean? It's not, it doesn't work like that. Ah, I was there, I heard it. It's not a guarantee. I listened to the message. Nah, I was at the convention. No, it's not a guarantee. Do you understand what I mean? He was saying that don't just learn the word. You should do what? Learn what? What's the meaning of that? Learn the spirit. Learn the spirit. Why? Because if you learn the word, you don't learn the spirit, you literally realize that you didn't really learn anything. Because the word is actually spirit. And so, somebody who will, to, to really get hold of the, the blessing of the word of God, there is there's a skill of learning, a skill of the spirit. Are you getting what I'm saying? Which, is, which, which means that any time you're around a season of blessing, there must be a skill in you that knows how to be blessed. Do you get what I'm saying? What is the blessing? It's simple. The blessing is receiving the spiritual essence that is in that that package of the word or that ministry of the word wants to do what? Wants to deliver. Aha. Wants to deliver to the soul. Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Aha. So so I, I trust God that we're getting blessed. And we're getting blessed by this. Amen. Like I was saying before that that if you are um, if you if you, you, have to be, you have to make up your mind that in every season of, um, one thing I have learned, 
one thing I have learned is, you, is you must cherish seasons of visitation. Praise God. You have to do what? Cherish, cherish what? Seasons of visitation. And you must do it intentionally because your heart can forget to do it. And I, 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 will, explain, I will explain to you, just from personal, just personal dealings, I discovered that when there's a time of visitation, there is always a temptation and a seduction to feel like what is there will always be there. That's the, that the greatest feeling, the greatest temptation in season of visitation. You feel like what is there, and, and I can even things, things like let me even go to more, even into more spectacular things. Even to, to more spectacular things, like some of, the, some of the most remarkable visitations I've had. I mean, when I mean spiritual visitations, sometimes angelic, once by the Lord Jesus himself. But some of the visitations I've had, when you are in the moment, you, you know how you feel? You will feel like, wow, a door has just opened that you'll be enjoying every day. That's the feeling. Like some of the, when, when you are in such season of visitations, praise God, the feeling of the heart is like, wow, this, it's like, it's like a realm has just opened, wow. Ah! You feel like this is another world. There are times I felt like, ah, some angelic visitations, I felt, ah, man, this is another realm entirely. I felt like maybe it would be happening like that that they've just maybe moved me to begin to work with angels. But for each of those visitations, those things in that way has never happened to me again. And I'm talking some of them are years ago. They've happened years ago. Some of them, one of them almost like this 2022, I think 2021, 11, 2011, 11 years ago. Right? Am I correct? Okay. And when, when I was in the moment, I felt like this is another world that has opened. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Then that's how spiritual things are. You won't, you won't appreciate, and that's more spectacular. Right? And sometimes the more spectacular things can, can make you see, the, crystallize the lesson so clearly. But the same thing with Access to pastures. Amen. There are times when certain pasture will open up. And when it opens up, it's time to drink and drink. This is the temptation that feels like this is, ah, it's not open. I've seen this thing now. You can't see how that thing can be as open as it is. But you don't understand the realm of the spirit. They can come and they will give you an opportunity and they can draw back. Do you get what I'm saying? When, it, when the door is open and it's time to drink and to drink and to drink, and if you don't drink, a chance might come, but it might be difficult for, to have that kind of open door. That's why when you think of open door, open door uh, is not any time there is open door in the spirit. Open door is pure operation of mercy. For a door 
a spiritual door to open to you, it means that an invitation has come from a realm that you don't know nothing concerning. It means that it's not where you are. It means that all of your being and your person has qualification for the place where you are, but then something further comes to you. Do you get what I'm saying? Like that door of revelation. When you say, hey, come up here. Imagine John didn't come up. Or let's imagine that because there was em- emphasized in that chapter of, of Revelation that I was in the spirit in the Lord's day. Have you read it? So let's say he wasn't in the spirit. You, or you think it's just a given that, well, God desired to give the revelation to John, thereby, it, well, they must have forced him into the spirit. <laughs> it's not like that. Now, how many people... Have they, have they been waiting for in the spirit before, before John finally? You might not know, but the way God's things work is possible that they have been waiting. When you look at the chronology, when they finally gave that revelation, by that time, so many of the apostles had died already. Out of the apostles of Jesus, many of them had died. John was old. You get what I'm saying? So it means that it's not, it wasn't just a usual something. Why would they record, I was in the spirit on the last day, on the eye called, why were they writing specifics? Those things matter. He's, he's telling you the series of occurrences that, that pushed him into the privilege. Yeah, he's recording that I was actually in the spirit, and then I, and then I heard a voice saying to me, Come up here. How easy is it for, would it have been for John to miss that voice? Come up here. Just by hearing come up here, look at what happened. The entire revelation. Now, my question, if they are waiting for you in the spirit, are they going to, are you, are, are they going to? I'm not just saying this for effect. I'm telling you, these are half spiritual. It's when, when you journey with God a little bit. Hey! It's when you are too young with God then. And me, I'm still young. Thank God. Amen. I'm still young, but... Um, but I'm, I'm young. We are all young. But I'm ahead of many of us. When it comes to... Many of you might be greater than me in Revelation. It's possible. But... When it comes to experiencing, experience with God. Even though I have a tiny experience, but my tiny is still, is still a bit ahead of... Are you getting... So, so I remember when I was, maybe around the age of some of us here, or a bit younger, there was, there's a bit of pride. It's not, it's not pride, it's more like something... You feel like you are going to get crash heaven. That you are, you are. I guess what I'm saying that in fact you, you have so much. Um, amen. You you have you feel more about your right, about yeah. These spiritual things, you know, we have all those kind of things. You know. Then later, when you become a bit older, you now become more and more humble. Do you know what makes you humble? What makes you humble is when you now really, re- not by scripture, but when you now realize by experience that it's more of him that will it. 
of him that run it. But it is of God that showeth mercy. Do you understand? That one, there's the scripture. Before we quote that one by scripture, we feel like we know it, but you don't know it. You will never know the meaning of that scripture until you have willed and run before. And then and when you willed and run, and you always land in dry places. Are you getting it? It's not easy. It's not easy to, it's not easy for, to, to, before a Christian will get to a point where they can appreciate the mercy of God. It takes some time, and God is patient to, to give you some time to really come to appreciate mercy. You, wanna, you appreciate mercy, then you appreciate time and seasons. You become meek when it comes to time and seasons. You don't play with times and seasons. Have you read a place in the Bible where, where he said that those who, those who observe lying vanity forsake what? They forsake their own mercy. What's the meaning of that? Uh, you've never seen that before. That those who observe lying vanities do what? They forsake. What, what makes someone observe lying vanity is that you, you, don't, you don't have the sense of the weight of the occasion or of the season. You can't interpret the season. So, you, when you observe, you, the heart goes away from the seriousness of the season and begin to observe vanity. Then, because and most of the time, what makes the soul begin to observe is because you feel like this thing will always be here. Uh, it's not realm of the spirit. It's not, it's not word of righteousness. Huh? It's not life meeting the GFM. It's here now. Do you understand what I mean? <laughs> you don't know that when you, you don't know that a spiritual thing can be there, but it has left you. It is gone. When it comes to because these these things are customized by part of soul. When they say this, when the soul, this one is the soul is coming, they say, "Ah, wow! This is your season. Welcome." Another soul who has who has, who has forsaken it, they say, "Ah, this this mercy is not your own mercy." The, there's something like that. Is that, that is, what's that scripture I just quoted, please? Jonah chapter what? What does it say? Jonah Jonah two verse what? What does it say? Yes. They force, what does it mean of their own mercy? So it means that mercy is not a general commodity. It's not, ah, mercy of God who is having mercy. No, 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 it's not like that. He said, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. That's how mercy operates. That's God's. It's whom. When it comes to mercy, you don't share mercy. See? Ah, let's go now. God has had mercy on us. Nothing like that. God doesn't have mercy on them. He has mercy on a man. It's every mercy from God is particular. It's specific. Mercy doesn't do broadcast. Mercy must be obtained. You must, therefore, you must come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy. 
and find grace. Every person must obtain their own mercy. Are you, are you understanding? I'm just telling you realities of the spirit. And these are things that if you learn it young, you will go far quickly. Praise God. I don't know why I'm, I'm speaking like this today, but maybe heaven just wants to say some of these things. Praise the Lord. You need to realize how ignorant we are concerning the soul. Even your own heart, you don't know it. Most of it, 80% of the things you do, you don't know why you do them. Like Paul was saying, what I desire to do, I don't find myself doing them. What, uh, and that, that being was a master. First, a master of the law. Master. In any how you want to put it, he was a master of the law. Then after he became a master, then he became a master of the spirit. Later. Then he was, he was talking about another law within my members. Talking about hidden operation. Beyond the law of my mind. It's a deeper... You get what I'm saying? That many of us are ignorant concerning our own heart and our own soul. Right? So when you are ignorant concerning that, it means that the salvation of your soul is not in your hand. It's not that, that ah... Okay, now, ah, no, I don't feel like this thing now. Let me just leave this thing for some time. I just need some time for other things. That is, do you get what I'm saying? Such, God, heaven, they, 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 they smell such attitude. Those are, those are anti, anti-merciful nature. Mercy doesn't come to beings who have control over their soul. You can't, you don't take God's mercy and begin to apply it in bits and pieces and say, now, okay, I'm going, to, and I'm going to commit to this now. And then when later, when I have time, when I, I get those language, those language, they war against heaven. When, when heaven is coming near to his soul, they are seeing such attitude. No, 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 this one doesn't on, on you. Because the, where, the, 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 way, the, 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 the road to salvation is a river that souls float in. It's like, a, it's like a boat, and they were speaking to it in, 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 in speaking about it in, in the book of James, how, my, how are mighty ships driven? They're driven by fierce winds. Fierce winds. It's <laughs> the fierce winds. Fierce winds. Something. So it's, it's, it's cooperation between wind and current that carries the soul. That's how the soul, if you're going to end up in your salvation, it will be, you know it not how. Know it not how in terms of in terms of the time and what the what the season. Do you understand what I mean? Times and season they happen. Right to you, you know, nobody's in control. Can you control time and season? Can you say now, today, I want to have winter today. I want snow. Is there anybody on this earth who has the power to do that? There's no man who has the power to do that. The time and season are controlled by great lights. When I say great light, they are not even in the man's realm. They are lights of heaven. Like it's typified in the book of Genesis chapter 1. God put them there to control time and season. It means the earth doesn't have a choice. 
the movement of the earth around the sun. It doesn't, it doesn't choose. The earth can't say, okay, I'm going to do 60 degrees now. I want to rest for some time. And then do another 30 degrees. No, it's a, it, it's an, it has to obey the what? The, the, the rotation around its axis and the, res, the res, revolution around what? Around the sun. Praise the Lord. Do you get what I mean? Uh, so that is what, that's what God is. If you, if you, when you think about that sun, think of that sun as, as God. God is that, is that light which you must revolve around. And then see yourself as a, a wandering planet trying to break into the orbit of God. Think of God as a solar system with planets going around him that you can never find a planet in the solar system that's out of orbit. You cannot break away. You, don't, you, cannot, you cannot bring a wandering planet into the solar system. It's not going to work. Every, every single planet is, is, has a cause, is governed. Are you getting what I'm saying? According to what the, the times, praise the Lord. And that's the way God is. Amen. <laughs> These are things that young minds must know. Their, their knowledge, is, this, is, this is the kind of meekness that the entire world out there, I mean this Western developed hyper-crazy world, is, that's what it's raising men against. It's raising souls against this kind of meekness. Do you get what I'm saying? These souls, the, the present world, the, the way the, of development now in the world is... Is, is opposite. Just take, and that's how you know spirits are at work. How you know spirits are at work is that after some time, you, be, you see men with fire that, that transcends logic and that defies normal reasoning. You know spirits don't, don't buck themselves into, a spirit can teach you how to think. But there will be a season when you will say, it's time to do higher things than this your thinking I gave you. Then the spirit will come again and begin to defy your thinking and chart another course for you. That's how, that's how we've gotten to a, a crossroads right now in humanity where spirits are now saying, okay, we are bringing another order of things. That when, when a scientist says, but science says, shut up, what is science? There are other things more important. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm trying to say to you? So these spirits, they are spirits that hate God. They don't just hate God. They, they know what is the object of God's affection. It's man. So they, the same passion with which they hate God, don't, don't delude yourself. They hate you with that passion. Yes. Yes, sir. Spirits, all the evil spirits in the world, they hate you with the same passion with which they do what? With which they hate God. So anything that, and how their hatred manifests is by, they, is by, is by working out things that is against the will and the plan of God. So if God says, okay, for me to, for this man to function and to be raised up and to grow up before me and coming to inheriting all my desires for him, this is how this man must be. The spirits, spirits will say, okay, this is how this man must be. If he's like this, he's going to end up attaining what God wants and fulfilling the purpose of God. The spirit will do what? They will define, they will say that, in fact, this man, we're going to rewire everything about how he thinks. That 
when God sees him, he becomes completely useless to the purpose of God. So at that point, it's not even about whether he agrees with you. It's more, it's more that he's useless. <laughs> you know, there's one thing with, ah, God, do I agree with your plan? Do I really want it? That's one thing. It's another thing that you are, you are actually useless concerning God's plan because of your wrong formation. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So the, the evil of the present day, hey, I pray that God should help us. Amen. God should help us. God should help us and God should help even those younger because the younger you are, the more vulnerable that you are. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So, like I was saying, the, if you check the push of society now, it's opposite of this, what I'm describing about God's purpose. You see the, the whole thing about the planet resolving, revolving around the sun. The present education of the prevailing spirit now is contrary to that. If the spirit would tell a man, forget about everything. Nothing outside you matters. What you feel is the important thing. Do you, are, you, are you seeing the difference between that? It is a, it's an exuberance. It's a pride. It's also a delusion. It's, a, it's a, some sort of grandiose delusion, means, meaning that you, it's, the, it's like the desire of a being. They sow a seed inside a man that makes the man have an expectation of the organization of things around him to bow to his will, to bow to what he thinks. Many of the ideologies of the present day that has been pushed, this liberal, hyper-liberal ideologies, is, that's the, when you naked everything, take all the clothes out of it, what's the, what's the core, what's the baby of this liberal, hyper-liberalism? It's just this, it's an attitude. That's just all. It's just an attitude that they want to sow into people of this generation. And you see it manifest. You see people begin to come against objective facts. Science, biology. Are you getting what I'm saying? So the common thing we are dealing with now, the homosexuality and all of that, is that, oh, science, and science that is <laughs> centuries old says that you are a man, but you say, no, I don't feel like it. So based on my, me not feeling like it, that my feeling is more valid, it's more valid than the objective fact of science. That's just one example. Are you getting what I'm saying? It goes into all kinds of things. When you come talk of racism, same thing. Racism. A lot of racism now is based on how people feel. Before, the racism that Martin Luther King fought against is not what they are doing now. If you raised up Martin now and he brought him to this world, he would say, we have reached heaven and we have reached the mountaintop based on what he fought against, because he fought against systemic racism, actual, you know, objective, you know what I mean? But now it's about, it's just about uh, the conforming of, you know, you know what I'm saying? It is it's unrealistic, it is foolish, it is stupid, and it actually is not even workable. Because if you feel this, you feel that, you feel that our feeling all collide, and then we say, okay, what everybody feels, is what matters. So, whose feeling should we follow? 
Are you getting what I'm trying to say? But so it means that logic is not even at play. Logic has taken a, a what? A back seat to what? To the, the, to the, it means that the spirits who are pushing it are smarter than all. You see, professors are the ones even peddling such things now. Are you getting what I'm saying? So what is the point of all of this? It's so that to make the soul create a seed inside of man that makes, that elevates man beyond, there's an, a kind of elevation of the heart that spoils the person. A, a person can be spoiled. When I say spoiled, I mean you're now bad. You're no longer, you're not compatible with God's program. That kind of seed in a soul. It means that when you, when you bring the soul around God, hey, they look at the soul, kind. where can we fit this person? They cannot find any way around God to fit because a soul who is even an unbeliever, he has a place in God's plan. That he, okay, this one, the spirit is dead, that's his problem. But when you check his soul, he's a, he's a man with a dead spirit. Are you getting what I'm saying? There's an answer to that. If his spirit can be recreated, then he will, he will find himself on the path. And then they will begin to bring. Are you getting what I'm saying? But right now, what they are doing is there's a way that there's a configuration that men's heart can take that can push them beyond the word, the reach of God. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Praise the Lord. So, um, all these are things that your heart must be, in your heart, you have to be wise to these things. If you just leave your heart like that, you're going to spoil. Let's just give you some years. Because you don't actually have what it takes. Some of the things I'm telling you now, some of you have never even thought about things like that. You just felt like, ah, it's not just, well, the people have different point of view. No, it's not a problem of point of view. It's about the configuration of man. Yes, it's about the, 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 the reshaping of natural reality. Yes, Do you understand what I mean? Yes, We're talking about the, the corruption of systems, corruption of institutions, corruption of, <laughs> praise God, Corrupt, we're talking about corruption of the, the world as you know it. So if, you, if the world that you know has been corrupted and you don't have another home, there's nothing you can do. It's not by macho, no, I'm going to, no, I'm going to love God and by myself. No, it's not by that. You can't do that. You can't, you can't, you can't fashion out a Christianity in the air. You can't. You will, be, you will live in this world and if, if you don't receive greater than the world in you. So greater is he that is in you. That is what he. But for that to apply to you, he must be in you. So you see that that great, that, great, that, that thing was saying, they didn't count you. It didn't say greater are you than the world. No, you are not. You are not even, you are not even a factor. Do you get what I'm saying? Your, all your morality your sense of judgment, your sense of what's right and wrong, your sense of, are you getting, it was, 
All the morality, your sense of right and wrong you had came from this world. The world gave it to you. The one, most of what you have, the world gave it to you. Then when you came to the Lord, the Lord is now trying to replace it with his true one. Do you go, I'm saying that, what I'm, I'm saying that you don't have anything of your own. There is no single thought you have that is yours. Everything you think, you learnt it from somewhere. You picked it from somewhere. Something schooled you and taught you. Are you getting what I'm saying? And so the, the, only, the only escape out of the, the evil that is in the world is you cannot escape the world and go into your own world. There is nothing like that. You must escape into God. God is the only word. Is the only escape. You have to learn that. You, have to, you must have learned the lesson of Noah's time. Right? That was the, it's the same. It's cycles that are coming again and again. The same sort of days of that time have come again upon the earth. What time is it right now? Is this also the days of Noah? If you've not realized it. What was the days of Noah? It's when God has sent messengers to warn. There is a flood coming. There is a flood coming. There is a flood coming. And he began to warn, and they were laughing. Ah, what flood? And he was busy building the ark. He was just building it. The ark, he, was, he kept building the ark and was preaching. And just preaching. And men were laughing at him. Why were they laughing? They must have, they must have been, when Noah says, flawed, they must have been judging that word flawed by floods they had seen before. When they will say, uh uh, Noah, what are you talking about? Is it not water? When you say flood, what is, it, is it something else? Is it not water? He say, yeah, flood, water, water. They say, water, now we'll be handling water. So that when it rains so much, we have how we do it. You know, sometimes we build levees, we build barricades. In their mind, they could never envision a, a flood that nobody can survive. Are you understand what I'm trying to say? See, let me, let me tell you something. Some of the people who will suffer the most, most casualty in the, in the flood of darkness that will come to the earth, many of them will be, be Christians who have some sense of righteousness and they have some sort of experience in the things of God. You know what I mean? Enough to make them comfortable. Are you getting what I'm saying? Enough to make them comfortable. That is a sense of a know-how around spiritual things. You know, we know. By the time you come and talk, ah, flood, they, they can tell you, you say, look, water, we know everything about water. In fact, my, my father is an irrigation specialist. In our family, that's our specialty. We have the skill of water. Anything about water, we know it. So what are you talking about? Flood water. Even you, you're a carpenter. You know nothing concerning water. Imagine what kind of things they would have been telling to Noah. Praise God. So, so and that's one thing I, I believe that. It's not an option. It's, not, it's a prophecy. Darkness will cover the earth. It's not... It's not optional. It will, and when they say cover, it will cover the earth. Darkness will cover the earth. And then gross darkness, the people. What is gross darkness? 
when they say the earth, it might, you might make, it might make you feel like there are some areas you can hide. But it has a gross darkness, the people. When, so when it has covered the people, it means there is no... And what is gross darkness? It's darkness you can't escape from. Do you get what I mean? Praise God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So, my point to you is, that, is just that stop observing lying vanities. If you observe lying vanity, you will forsake your own mercy. Become awakened to your own mercy. Identify your mercy and fight to, to obtain it. You must obtain that mercy and then so that you will find grace to do what? To help you where? In what? In the time, in the time of need. Amen. So this is a, this is a season... I want to announce it to anybody who needs to, who cares to hear what I'm saying. This is a season for extreme meekness. Muster more meekness than you've ever had in your life. Muster more meekness now. When I say meekness, I mean meekness. Meekness is not anything but attitude toward. That's why you try meekness. You say, ah, he's a humble guy. That didn't nothing. Forget about all those things. Right, sir. Ma, hey, forget about that. That's no meekness. Forget that. That has no, it has no use to anybody. It has no use to you, to, nor to desire your calling. Amen. That's no meekness. He said, it's a heart that trembles at my word. That was the standard. He defined it. He said, to this man will I look. He has a broken heart, a contrite spirit. How do we test it? It's the heart that trembles. It means God can test if you're not trembling at his word. God, God can test. He knows the heart who's... To, the heart that postponed his word. And God, oh, you said it, yeah, yeah, okay, we believe it. I'm not agreeing with you, I agree, but you see. This vanity is too sweet. We'll come to, to your word later. These are conversations of the heart. That, the, that heart doesn't tremble. Now, you ask me, ah, what should I do? Pray. If your heart does not tremble, pray. Don't just pray. Pray with tears. Pray with crying. Ask God, beg God, cry. God, check your heart. Is your, my heart trembling? Say, God, this heart is not trembling at this word. As I'm here right now, this heart is not trembling at this word. You, you, you need to, are you getting what I'm trying to say? You need to pray about your heart. You need to pray about your heart. You need to pray. There was a time in my life, and by God's grace, God is still helping me. Those are the kind of prayers that me I pray. I don't have too many prayers to pray because I don't have too many needs. You know what I mean? I mean like natural needs, all of those things. And it's not, I thank God for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Thank God for that. Um, but I, I thank God for that. So I don't have to pray about many of those things. The prayers that me I pray is just my heart. That's the only, that's the only thing to pray about. Are you getting what I'm saying? This, there was a time, a season in my life, and it was a season of lesson. For almost like one year, I couldn't pray for anything else. Anything else. Just praying about my heart. My heart. My heart. Then I would, when I read the Bible, everything I see is like comparison. When I, I remember back then when I would, and, and this time I was in Winnipeg, so I was, um, I, I just come into Word of Righteousness. This was before a little before I came into Word of Righteousness and then continued after. 
I came into the world of righteousness. When I, when I read the scripture and I see love in the Bible, when I, I, I see love and I see the standard, the attitude of love in the Bible, and then I, I know that when it comes to maybe instruction of maybe if God says do this, I know I can. I can, I can. To the degree to which I can perceive it, maybe showing love, walking in love. But I knew that when it comes to the, the heart of love, I mean, love for, at that time, my sense of love was more of just love towards the saints. Now, I'm just, just looking at a brother, just loving them. Just loving a person. Just loving, you know, my brother and my sisters. I found that I didn't have that inside of my heart. That if I have to walk in love, I must meditate to walk in love. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's not bad to meditate to walk in love. Right, you know, okay, this is what I ought to do. But it wasn't, you know what I mean? There's that kind of love. But there's the, there's the love that is pleasurable. Right, the, the enjoyment of another. That is, that's a sign of, a sign of love is when, when your life becomes tied to those around you. Well, you can't be happy unless they're happy. You can't be, that thing is something, you can't manufacture it. It's something, is that in your heart or it's not? <laughs> Do you, you understand what I mean? Those are, those are things I began to pray and the Lord just gave me wisdom that you can pray about these things. That I began to pray, I began to pray, I began to pray. I asked God, Lord, I, you need to sow your love into my heart. Pour 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 your love. Praying and as I'm praying, I'm checking it. I'm praying, I'm checking, I'm praying, I'm checking, I'm praying. I began to pray. And sometimes when God is answering the prayers you pray, you know, I check and I check and I became tired of checking. So I forgot <laughs> about checking. I just continued praying. It was, it was after that season, I look back, I say, wow, actually, there's a time I prayed for this thing. You know what I mean? You know, that season is the season when you begin to, you begin to see the fruit what is the fruit? Is heart ability. You get what I mean? Heart ability that you know, you know that this is something that the people can struggle about this thing, but you're finding it in your heart. Do you understand what I mean? It was later and I realized that, ah, wow, there was time I actually labored in prayer, praying for that, this kind of thing, to the point where you can commit your life to others where you can sow, you get what I'm saying, that kind of thing, not because of anything, just because of, you see your life there, that's where your life is hid. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? That is a thing, I'm giving you an example. So I'm just saying that don't, don't be a fickle kind of individual, ah, I don't like this, ah, it's not, I'm not feeling, no, no, no. That anything you feel that is righteous, that your heart should be alive to, don't just leave it. And then don't just assume that, well, by and by, somehow. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Don't assume. Take that heart. Don't allow it the heart. Take that heart and pray concerning it. I've prayed about fearing God for a time before, I mean fear God. I realized that I don't actually fear God. 
And this wasn't some big revelation. I just realized, it just, it just occurred to me that when I checked my, I actually don't really fear God. Why? Because I saw some, when I see some people, you know some people, they, people can convict you. You know, when you watch steps that, ah, they won't, someone can be refrained from doing something. That's so easy to do because of it. Ah, it's a car, I don't have this kind of thing on. I know that if it's me, I can do that thing. I won't even, are you getting what I'm saying? <laughs> Are you understanding me? Praise the Lord. So you make, you make warfare. Men, a lot of times when they bring revelation, most of revelation is for you to make war with. Right? What is that warfare in spirit? Warfare is, is making those things to, to what? Is, to, is the warfare that must occur that each husbandman fights. Right? It's time of sowing. I have the seed. Does that guarantee that there will be a harvest? What, does he, what must he do between that having that seed and harvest time? It's constant. Farmers are warriors. Any farmer who is not a warrior will not be, it will be in poverty. Why? Because of all the things that are stacked against you. Everything that is, that is trying to just make sure that the harvest doesn't occur. That was the parable of the sower. They were describing all the different things that were occur to the seed. Like if you don't, you get what I'm saying? So right from when, even when he puts the seed on the ground, if you don't take care, there are things that will come and dig out that seed from the ground. Do you get what I mean? You must make war with the seed. Water it, water it, water it, water it. Till it starts coming up. You have to keep pruning it and pruning it until it grows. That's what to do with your heart. The, the land is your heart. Don't just leave your heart like that and say, I go to a meeting. That's the most irresponsible kind of attitude to have in a time of blessing. Don't say that, ah, I went to the meeting, I listened to the message. No, that's not enough. What about, okay, that's it. That seed that came last week, where is it now? Where is it? Okay, if the Lord asks you, okay, that seed from last week, where is it? What are you going to say? Do you even know where the seed is? Do you do anything with the seed? The parable of the soul speaks about fowls of the air that come. Their eyes are sharp concerning seed. From, sometimes I wonder about that thing. How? Amen. I was trying to do some receding on my lawn. Amen. You know, when there are some patches and all, you just you can rake it a bit and you put some grass seeds to fill it up. Praise God. And I just one afternoon, I just spread the seed. As I spread the grass seed, very tiny, tiny little things. Have you seen a grass seed before? It's like, it's like, it's tinier than a grain of rice. Rice is even too big. It's like, it's like so tiny, scattered. And that once you put it on the ground, you can't actually see it. For you to see what you put, you have to really go down and look for it on the soil. But as soon as I just spread it, 
Just, I've not even walked away. I just saw bed just landing. <laughs> Do you understand what I mean? So my question is, how did that bed know that? It means that there's something about the smell of the sea. There's something that can call a bird that is flying that knows that to, that is a seed and it just came and started eating the, the seeds from the ground. That's the way it is in the spirit. Whenever the seed of the world is coming, there are spirits, bad spirits, who are tuned to the smell of seed. Those spirits, they are not threatened by meeting, program, convention. They, they, don't, they are not afraid. In fact, are you getting what I'm saying? It's time. Those things don't scare evil spirits. You attending meeting doesn't scare evil spirits. Like that. As long as, unless you are a warrior, then they are terrified. We know that this person, this being, wars for every seed. They, they, you, you will be a terror to Satan. They won't know what to do about you. Are you getting what I'm saying? But if you are such a person, you are carefree. They don't care. Attend all the convention, attend every meeting you want. They know that once the seed land, what will happen? They can just... And they know that even when they take it, you won't even look for it. You don't even know because you had no plan for it to start with. Are you getting the sense I'm telling you? So I'm saying growing spiritually, you don't just coast into growing spiritually. Someone who's, who's rising up spiritually is doing some intentional things in the season of blessing. They are intentional things. And they are, as I'm watching all of you guys, I'm seeing those who are very slow and I see those who are fast. And those who are faster, I can see what they are doing. It's not, it's not um, a, what do you call it? It's not that, it's not favoritism, it's not, it's not, uh, Kai. <laughs> it's a law. The law of growth, the law of harvest, that if this is a seed, and you receive the seed, there are things that if you do those things to that seed, that seed will grow. And the, also, the law also works the other way, that there are things that if you don't do some things to a seed, that seed will never grow. It won't come out. It won't germinate. Amen. God wants to make, God wants to make you strong. Right? One of the, the things, there are two kinds of Christians. There are Christians who are emotional Christians. And then there are Christians who are, who are wise and intentional Christians. Right? Emotional Christians, the answer to everything is that I didn't feel like it. I didn't feel like it. Emotional Christians wait for everything. They wait for the word. Then they, they wait for the word by itself to water itself. They they wait for the ground of their heart to till itself and rake itself. They wait for the seed to then grow by itself. And then they wait for the harvest to, to prune itself. And that's an emotional Christian. Emotional, another sign of an emotional Christian is that Ephesians chapter 4. Emotional Christians... When I say emotion, I just mean you are controlled by how you feel. That's all I mean. You just how you, 
you control by how you feel. All right, this. In Ephesians 4 was first of all describing the, the, the Christian who grows up, the essence of the fivefold ministry, right? When he give all of them the fivefold ministry for the what? For the perfecting of the saints, for the, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, until we all come unto what? Beauty of the faith, unto a perfect man, and all of that. That's talking about growing up. Then he answered later that we should be no more children. Tossed to and fro by what? Every what wind of doctrine. Tossed to and fro. So those children are the ones who are tossed to and fro by wind. What does it mean they are are tossed to and fro? They They don't have stability when it comes to what? To spiritual things. Praise God. There's an attitude that, you, that we, 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 we need to have. Um, I don't know, maybe, and that's why sometimes it's good to have a lot of foundation of, um, I would say, word of faith. I mean, a pure one. If you have real foundation of word of faith. And that was one of the things that the Lord used our daddy, Kennedy Hagin, to bring to the earth. You know, the Lord told him, Go and teach my people faith, right? And he became the apostle of faith. Mm-hmm. So what, part of the core learning, you know, there are different kind of faith teachers. There are faith teachers who, who, teach the, who teach the outcome of faith. To me, those are not word of faith teachers. And many of the prosperity teachers fall into that category. So if you are teaching about money, you're not a faith teacher. Even though might, you might teach about how to use faith principles and all of that, but if you are teaching about money, how to get houses, how to get cars, and you're not a faith teacher. Those are not faith teachers. And you can, you can separate those ones. Faith teachers are those who teach the process. That was the, the main thing that the Lord used Daddy Hagin to teach. When he God told him, go and teach, he told him, go and teach my people faith. He didn't go and tell him, Go and teach my people what faith can give them. That one is prosperity message. He didn't say go and teach them how to obtain things, but acquire things. By faith. No, no. He said teach them faith. That thing called faith is, talk, is, the, is the school of the process. What is the teaching of faith? The teaching of faith is how to, how to produce fruit from the invisible. That is the school of faith. The school of faith is how, and there are things involved, there are disciplines involved in how to pull things out of the, you see, your change that you're looking, you need is something you must pull out of the invisible. It's in the invisible realm. You must be able to pull it out. And then when, the, when you pull it out, we'll see it in you. Now, this guy has something that wasn't here before. It's a, it's a fruit, it's a nature. I get what I'm saying. That, and that's the, the principle of faith. So if you've, if you've been under the, the word of faith, you now realize, I mean real word of faith teachers, I don't mean all those prosperity ones. You know, it's what our, what our real word of faith is, they teach you, you know, that it's, they, they teach you, the teaching of the word of faith is, is, the best way to put it is, the, Ah, when you check the, the DNA of faith attitude, is the 
is the is the is the debt of the rule of your emotions. That's what faith is. Now, it's not the death of your emotion. Your emotions should not die. <laughs> you, shouldn't, you should not be void of feeling because those feelings, how you feel, God, they, should be, they should be availed to God. God can use them, and God needs to use them. So I'm not talking about being a, a feelingless being. I don't mean someone who, that's what I'm talking about. I mean that, that not to be ruled by them. Not to be, be you know, always just touchy-feely about the things of the Spirit. When a certain blow, wind blows cold, you are cold. If a hot breeze comes, then you are hot. You get what I'm saying? Where you are, everything about your life is subject to winds that are external. Are you getting what I'm saying? Those are, those are neat, attitude contrary to You now realize that when you've tried to follow the process to give birth of faith, to give birth to anything in the, out, in the, to bring every, anything out of the invisible, you now realize that to, is it, that. <laughs> That process requires a lot of nurturing, right? It's, it, it's like taking care of a, an invisible baby. I want to imagine the ta- such a task. So imagine such a task that Imagine the care and the dedication you ought to give to take care of a child, but imagine that it's invisible. And that every day you must be doing it. You must, he's talking about the, the devotion to the invisible. That is faith. That's the attitude of faith. It's this it 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 devotion. It's the substance of things hoped for. Evidence of things not seen. Men who are, who are li- living by faith, when you will see them, the way they act, with, by their devotion, you'll be looking for the substance of what they, are, what they are attending to. But you can't see it in the natural. But, when you, but, but you cannot fault their devotion to it. You cannot, there's a way, are you getting what I'm saying? The, that's, that's the faith attitude. <laughs> so the, so a, a being that has been raised by faith, it's, it's a soul that is so, you are so comfortable with Handling invisible things as substance. That's the that's a, a soul that is solid, that can be that that is the kind of foundation that you ought to have for the word of righteousness. And and some of us thank God for our life class and all that. We've moved into that faith arena. God will help us. We'll, if we need to stay there for very long, we will stay there. Because many of us need to be schooled in the, in the invisible in terms of. How to act towards the invisible. Some of us we are too we are too flaky. If you can't see it and if you don't if you don't feel it, then you cannot. Number one, you can't even you it's even nothing, it means nothing to you. Some of you some of you for you to for you to be happy in God, you must feel goosebumps. Something's wrong with you. For you to enjoy the fellowship, because you don't have the you don't have the the orientation of relating with the unseen, to handle the unseen in a in a substantial way, where you you commit to the unseen. I get what I'm saying in such a way that that 
It is more real to you than that which you see. That's a, that's a being of faith. A, a soul that has, been, has a faith orientation is a soul to whom the unseen is, has more substance than that which is seen. Do you get my, my, my point? So imagine a soul that hasn't been schooled in that kind of art or posture of living. Then you begin to talk to them about the mountain and Zion. You have just, you are not talking, you are just moving your mouth. You, you, what you are saying has no meaning to them because that soul has not been schooled in moving into the unseen and, you get what I'm saying, and handling, handling invisible things. You get what I mean? Handling what invisible things and then being able to, to relate with them as a substance that they can, they can use, that the soul, the soul can use. And the problem is that many times we are too outward conscious. We're not inward conscious. When you are too outward conscious, the outward man cannot, has no use for invisible things. But that's, not, but that's not the nature of your inward man. Your, it's your outward man who always desires things that are tangible, things that you can feel and everything, but not the inward man. The inward man has the ability to only, only have the unseen and be okay. And he won't, have, he won't feel the need that there's something missing. It can, the inward man can be at home with the unseen, but it has to be trained to, to do that. Praise the Lord. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Uh, so this is one of the, the it's, it's not negotiable. I want you to check your faith walk. For some of us, that's what, is, that's what is lacking. That's why when it comes to the realm of knowledge, we are weak in the realm of knowledge. It's because our faith walk is, is not solid. Or is it, as your relationship with the unseen is not, it's not, it's not firm. It's not solid. You have plenty of shakiness and doubt when it comes to the unseen. Your, your life is balanced on things that are seen. Do you get what I'm saying? There's, you have too much balance on things that are what? On things that are seen. That when, when they trace all of the things that maybe give you joy and happiness, when you trace them, many of those things are on this earth. You can count them. You know where they are. How much, of the, how much of your joy is derived from the unseen? Check it. When you tell me your joy, the things that make you glad, the things that, the places you, your heart goes to, the things you rest upon, the, the things that your existence fall upon. I get what I'm saying. Those check, how many of those things are in the unseen? That's how you check how healthy you are spiritually. You understand? Are you getting a sense of what I'm saying? How many, how many of you rest upon the unseen that you have, that you can go home and, and relax on unseen things? Do you, do you know what I mean by that? Eh? <laughs> you don't understand? You can go home and, I don't mean many are in meeting, oh, meeting, oh, everything, the Holy Ghost, everything, thank God for that. I mean, when you go back into your own, the closet of your life, when you, you, you close out of your life, do you, 
What are the, the things you rest upon? What gives you comfort? What gives you peace? Are you, are you getting my point? See, those are the things that the word of faith is supposed to, first of all, prepare your heart for. Do you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. You see that. So a lot of times, the dealings that they bring around your life, right? So, and, and don't say, okay, now I'm, I'm not listening to anything again. I must go back to word of faith. No, it doesn't work that way. Um, heaven, they know how to, many of you, your own school of faith are dealings. They might just say, okay, they are bringing you into the arena of word of righteousness. But we, there are some things lacking in your faith. You need to perfect some things that are lacking in your faith. Then they can just bring a dealing around you. It can be a brother. It can be a sister. It can be somebody. It can just be, it's just something that to tamper with your dependency on the word, on the natural, to, to tamper with your, your anchor. Something, the Lord can just introduce something to, to destabilize you. Tamper with your satisfaction and your joy and the picture in your mind of how things ought to be. Do you understand what I mean? That can just be, and some of us, you fight that. No, 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 you feel everything should be perfect so you can calm them and learn God. No. God said, no, everything should not be perfect for you to calm down. It's that you, we must take away all the what, the, the vain support system. The support system for your soul. The, those vain places where you find comfort and all of that, that is one way where they can introduce a dealing of what? Of faith. Of faith. Hmm? Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So sometimes when things that are seem adverse begin to happen to you naturally, check it. It's not every time that it is the devil. Uh, right? Sometimes it is God. Right? That's a, learn how to serve all things that be of God. Right? Like Peter, all Peter was saying is that they want to take his Lord away. They want to take his, his, source, of, his source of food, his source of shelter, his source of everything. Praise the Lord. The, Jesus was also his, his society, societal status. You have to understand what Peter was warring against. He had left his business, right? Fisherman, everything. If his wife called him, Piro, where are you now? What is happening? Where are they, what are you doing? Right? Peter, my husband, where are you? He has left his business. That is his only... Ah, yeah, we are. I'm just... I'm just, I'm just with the Messiah now. We're just, we're just discussing something. I will... Tomorrow I will. I get what I'm saying. He can, you know, he has something that. So, so he was with the Messiah. You know, he was helping the Messiah. He was that was that was all. So you see, his social status was there. His whole everything about his life, everything was there. And then the guy was talking about leaving. He said, no, 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 no. <laughs> so it wasn't love in Peter that was telling, making him not want Jesus to go. It was his life. Not spiritual life, natural life. Everything was tied to Jesus. And then Jesus said that thou savorest not. Means your nose, you're not, you don't smell the things that be of God. There's some dealings in your life that instead of blaming everybody and complaining and murmuring, you should change your smell. Can you smell God in that thing? Can you, can you, can you see that? This thing is not actually a loss. It's actually a gain. It's a way for me to gain something invisible. It's a way 
for me to replace a corruptible anchor with something that is more, are you getting what I'm saying? More spiritual. Are you getting what I'm trying to say to you? Praise God. You have to be warriors. Hmm? Don't, it's not every time, it's just it's not feeling, feeling, feeling. Snap out of that thing. Get up, be a warrior, fight. They say you fight a good fight of fate. Lay hold of eternal life. What, is there any part of that language that makes you feel like it's a thing of, uh, I, well, this, I don't feel like, uh, is, that, is there any part of that that makes you feel, no, a, you have to fight, it's a good fight. Fight a good fight. It's a, the fight of faith is a good fight. Learn to fight a good fight of faith. Praise God. What, when you're fighting of the fight of faith, what are you fighting for? You're fighting for the invisible. Fight for the invisible. Fight for the invisible. Fight for the invisible. You get what I'm saying? It's not some, it's inside your heart. Inside your heart, secret. Nobody, you can do, you can be fighting. You can just be sitting down, hanging out, but you are fighting. Nobody knows you are fighting, but you are fighting. Do you know what I mean? You are fighting. Don't don't be too outward minded. Don't let your engagement with spiritual things end in spiritual meeting or spiritual. You get what I'm saying? Take up the take up the vocation. Take it up. It's like it's a challenge for your soul. Take it up. What's the challenge? Old spiritual thing and hold it. Make it real. How do you make it real? Sow something. Give sacrifice. The concept of sacrifice is a the concept of sacrifice in the Bible is, is taking what you can, what is tangible to you, giving it away. You, when you're sacrificing, you are sowing into the invisible. Right? You sow into the invisible. Take this one. Take it. You want what? You want something better. Praise God. The Lord will strengthen you. Amen. 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 You know, I'm not talking about power and might. I'm just telling you that I'm just telling you that you should wake up and cooperate with the mercy and grace of God that is around your life. Hmm? So some of us, mercy is following you. Grace is following you. Around. Just following you around. Is appearing in different way and different shape. It's just all, the, all you need is just attention. Give it attention. It's not too much. If you if you check your heart, you know that what God is asking for you is not too much. If you really check it, if you check it, it's not God is not asking you for go and do this mighty thing for me. If you just check it, most of for most of us, all the Lord is asking you now is attention. 
It's not too much. It's just start with attention. Attention, attention. What is attention? It's take some of the time you commit to vanity like Wesley was praying. Draw, withdraw some time from vanity and give God. Say, God, okay, let's, I'm going to take my heart. I'm going to commit some of my heart to trap the invisible. Right? Take that and let that begin to, let that govern your meditations, your thought life. Learn how to use your mind to think spiritual things. You know, that's the biggest sacrifice. There's some of us now, if you ask that, ah, we need money for do something easily. Easily. In fact, you don't even need leading of the spirit. You will just quickly, ah, how much? Okay, well, you'll do something. You can easily give money from your account, but if we say, okay, don't give money. Now, some things you normally sow your attention to, don't sow there. Take it back and sow it into the spirit. Trouble. Some of us can even start crying. Do you get what I'm saying? That will tell you where Satan has put the anchor of. That's the, the anchor, that thing called vanity. Sowing of the heart into vain things. Things that mean nothing. Things that cannot edify. Things that cannot increase you. That cannot make you better. Lord, will he heal us? Amen. The Lord will heal our heart. This is a a time of blessing. I can smell it. I can feel it. I can sense it. I can sense it. I can sense it. The Lord wants to do so much, so much for people who will be willing to receive God's seed and to carry it and and to hold it and, you know, until it will bring forth. To bring forth in, in their heart. Thank you, Jesus. I think we're out of time. Glory to God. I'm seeing a season of joy and great joy and peace um, ahead. You know, Jesus said, my peace I live with you. He said, not as the word gives. Give I unto you. But you cannot, they say you should taste and see that the Lord is good. You can't, you wouldn't taste of God's goodness. There are some of us we don't really know, we've not really experienced pure joy yet, like, I mean, real joy. And we've not experienced real joy through freedom. Real joy, real freedom, real, you know, real peace. Anybody who hasn't, who hasn't received, who hasn't had enjoyment of things that came from God, Right, hasn't experienced real joy yet. 
you can't experience joy because nothing in this world can bring that kind of joy to the soul which God can give. So if we, you know the end of vanity is sorrow, right? Vain things always find a way to bring sorrow <laughs> at the end. They will bring sorrow. When you sow your, your heart to vain things, what will happen? You reap what? Death, reap sorrow, reap dissatisfaction, reap disappointment. Uh, but there is a joy which God wants to move us into. Mm. The, the, the joy walking with God is not a sorrowful thing. It's not some kind of sorrowful, um, <laughs> painful in that sense. Right? It's the degree of this sorrow comes from um, sorrow comes from things that are not God's which are attached to our soul. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. But the, the part of a righteous soul is a, is a joyful part. Imagine how much, how much is heaven doing just to give joy to a man, to give joy and to give peace. Are you getting what I'm saying? That the more you begin to remove your dependency from corruptible things, and you begin to move them into incorruptible things, from there you see the, they can measure the joy level in your soul the level of peace that you experience. It will be quantifiable. Your quality of life will increase. But you need that leap of faith to cross that divide into, from dependency on the corruptible to begin to depend on the, what, on the, on the incorruptible. Praise the Lord. God will help you to, there are some quality decisions that you need to make in your heart, uh, you know, concerning God, God's things, uh, that you should make them, you should make them. You, should make, you can't do an estimate. What are the things that are stopping you from, from uh, you know, from what God is calling you into. I mean the life. You, know, you, can, you can see the life is calling you into. What are the things that are stopping you? Are they what? Are they that sweet? Are they that? Are they, what are they? Are they, are they that great? There's nothing in this world that is, that, is, that can be compared to the, to the joy, the joy of God, the joy of heaven to the vocation. Praise the Lord, which God has opened us into. I'm just beginning to pray to the Lord. And just begin to ask for, um, ask for help from heaven.
pray. Don't pray around the subject matter, you know, the, where the Spirit of God is shedding light on in your heart. And the point is a point of conviction which the Spirit of God is bringing. Don't, don't pray. I don't know if you can pray around it, but and then you will, you won't, you don't, you won't address that. The the point of conviction. You might even you might be looking in another direction, but you know that the conviction is behind you. Turn turn in your heart and face it and pray concerning that thing and pray with an attitude of it's not of you by your strength. It's not of either will or either wrong, but of God assured mercy. Know that the that the. The, the, the defeat of those obstacles is, is not something that will come from you. It is all, it's a victory that has already been attained in the spirit that all heaven is asking is, is just for you to, to accept the elevation of your soul above those things. So what is that, what is that mountain before the river? It doesn't matter how high it is. That, that mountain can become a plain. When you bring forth the headstone with shouting of grace, grace, grace to it, 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 grace to it. There is no area of weakness that heaven cannot pour grace into. You just need to Turn the conversation towards that area and just begin to talk to heaven. And just, just begin to fetch words, quest, desire. Let the Lord know how you feel. And the decisions that you want to make concerning that thing. And, and watch the Lord pour grace. Let him pour grace. Watch the Lord pour grace into those places. Every mountain can become plain. There is nothing too high. He said, what is that mountain? I don't know what the mountain is for you. Whatever appears as a mountain is a mountain against your priestly devotion, against your commitment to the, the upward profession, against your commitment to the invisible, to the things which the Lord has called you into. I want you to just see that mountain dissolving right now. It's not that strong. It's not that insurmountable. There's nothing which the grace of God cannot dissolve. The grace of God, once the grace begins to flow into your heart, you see. Grace can change devotion. Grace can change occupation. Grace can kill wrong fires, wrong commitment, wrong appetite, wrong desire. Grace can swallow them. Grace is too powerful. Grace is too powerful. Grace is too powerful. Just, you can see grace coming to you. You can see grace coming. You can see grace coming. You can see with the, the, with the vision of your heart. The vision of your, your heart. The inward vision. You can see the grace of Jesus. The grace of Jesus. 
you can see grace coming. You can see it coming. There is no mountain too high, nothing too difficult. Nothing is too difficult. There is nothing too difficult. There is no sacrifice that is too great to offer. There is no sacrifice. Every sacrifice in the New Testament is there are sacrifices that are offered graciously. Graciously, not by the will of man, not by the strength of man, but by the grace of God. Even in this moment, fresh commitment to the life of the Spirit can be born in you. Fresh, a new drive, a new push, a new sense of commitment, a new sense of devotion, not born out of your zeal, not born out of your own, your own will, on your own strength, but I'm talking about pure, gracious energy from the Lord. When Paul besought the Lord thrice, he said, uh, the Lord said unto me, now my grace, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Just see those weaknesses. Can you see how strength can be perfected? It's, if your eyes can see it, it will be yours. If you can see weakness turning into strength, if you can see weakness becoming strength, if your eye can see it, it, be, it will be yours. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. My grace is, su is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect. It's made perfect. It's made perfect. It's made perfect. Lay down your strength. Take up another. Take up the strength of the Spirit. Take up the ability of the Spirit. Take up the ability of the Spirit. Take up the strength of the Spirit. Plunge into the strength of the Spirit. Fetch the strength of the Spirit. Fetch the strength of the Spirit. Not by power, nor by might. Say, but by my Spirit. 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 The Lord is beginning to heal fears. I see fears, fears disappearing. I see fear. There are some fears which you have. The fear of not being able to continue. The fear of not being able to continue. The fears of, the fear of making a mistake. The fear of making a mistake, of, of making a shipwreck. The fear, is fear, but fear that paralyzes you, that makes you not move. I see that fear disappearing right now. I see that fear going right now. I see, I see the voice and the mouth of that fear being crushed by grace. I see the power of God defeating such, such fears in your heart. Any fear you have, any fear you have, any fear you have concerning victory in the spirit, concerning victory in the things of God, that fear is being is being defeated now. I see fear being defeated right now. You no longer fear. You no longer fear. You will no longer fear. You will no longer fear. You you begin to approach the spirit with confidence. Confidence. I see confidence rising inside of you. Confidence. I'm seeing the the realm of the spirit. You seeing it as yours. You beginning to see it as yours. I'm seeing 
unbelief being defeated right now. Some of, of you who have, you've never believed. You've tried, you've never, you've never been able to believe. You've never been able to. Oh, but I see now, I see faith rising. Faith rising from the depth of your heart. I see spirit of faith. The spirit of faith for the invisible. The spirit of faith for the unseen, for commitment, for continuity in the unseen. I see it rising now. If it's a fresh faith, it will feel like a fresh breath. A new wind, a new wind that will blow over your soul and over your heart. That will push you forward. That will begin to push you forward into the things of the spirit. Oh yes, I see conversations being defeated now. I mean, I mean conversations of defeat. There are some of you who you've only spoken the language of defeat before when it comes to the spiritual. You have a language of defeat. You feel defeated. You've felt defeated. Like you're not able to. You're not able to, to carry out such a journey. Oh, I'm seeing that conversation dying. I'm seeing the sting being taken out of it. I'm seeing that conversation dying now. Never to resurrect again. Never to resurrect again. Never to rise up 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 again. Rise up again. I'm seeing no more defeat. I see victory. I see victories. I see victories. I see victories. I see exploits. I see exploit. Exploit in the spiritual. Exploit in the invisible. I see exploit. I see exploit. 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 I see exploit. Oh, exploit in the spirit. Oh, in the spirit. Yes. Marika. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh my, I'm seeing the Lord committing light to your soul. I mean, guiding light, light of guidance. The light that will make sure you no longer get lost. You no longer get lost. If you find it easy to get lost before, but now you will have a light with you. The Lord is saying, even grace becoming light. A light that you will always find the path. You will always find the way. You will always find the way. You will always find the door. You will always find the door. There will always be a manifestation of a door to you. There will always be a manifestation of a door. Where you've always got into and met a wall, a door will appear. Where you've always found a wall before. Where you found a wall before, a door will appear. A door will appear. I see doorways. Doorways into the spiritual being opened up to your soul. Doorways being opened up. Fresh open doors. New open doors. Open doors. Open doors. Open doors. Open doors. Doors of understanding. Doors of revelation. Doors of understanding. Doors of revelation. Doors of comprehension. And they are opening up. They are opening up now to you. They are opening up now to you. In the name of Jesus. Rekamari Kariyarabasu Krendabarabasu Brehetarabasu Preteke. 
Rekanta mante matuliata pandele pramalambaluri adavazuzam reta kaira busa irebusi. Rekasa sentoni kresum praferi adavasu breka brandele brotegeno. Le frefente fere me kafete kreveno gorego tikeno. Le pasa samama mao me mene me meno tata imbraura maurmenoske. Remanos yanta lure la shendo rimrandi arabazo kriana maukrevena ganta karihana. Oh manashento negana ha. Oh thank you Jesus. Glory to your name. Father we thank you. Father we thank you. Father we thank you. Lord we bless your name. We give you glory. Thank you. Thank you Jesus. Lord, you can hear every heart, you can hear every heart, you know, every thought, you hear every meditation, every thought, every thought, every thought, every prayer, every whisper, every whisper of every heart, you, you hear it, you have heard it, you've heard it, you've heard it, you've heard it, you've heard every whisper, every whisper, every request and every prayer, every desire of our heart that is righteous tonight, that is right according to your plan and your desire as we've expressed it. Some in understanding, some in tongues, but giving, giving expression to, to holy desire concerning what you, have, what you have said and what you desire for us. Lord, we thank you because you know, you said if we ask, oh God, if we ask, whatever we ask, you hear us. And if we know that you hear us, we have the petition of we've asked. We receive, Lord, tangible blessing. Tangible blessing of his fullness. We receive and grace for grace. Receive. Thank you for a release of grace that has come now from heaven. Grace that has come now from heaven. Has come as grace that has come now from heaven upon our hearts. Grace that is Landing, landing, resting now. Re landing grace that is coming upon us. Oh, Maha, thank you. We receive it. Receive it. We receive it. We receive it. We receive it. We are receiving now. We are receiving now. Receive it now. We receive it now. We receive We receive We maintain a receiving posture continue to receive. We continue to receive. Thank you for you not only dropping grace, you're opening up channels of, that will never run dry again. Lord, access, access constantly to obtain mercy and to find grace. Grace to help. Grace to help. Help. Thank you. We'll receive your help tonight. Thank you. You've heard our prayers. Thank you. By the head of sheep, Lord, you moved us to pray today. This was not by our design, but you determined today should be a day of praying and raising quests to you for help. Lord, we have asked to you, lift up our eyes to the hills from, from whence cometh our help. I hope cometh from you, from above, which made heaven and earth. Thank you. We receive all the help, everything, even hearts that are having difficulty. Help unbelief and help, help. Let help come. Let help come, Lord, for every heart. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. 
We give all glory, all glory to your name. We thank you. Bless your holy name. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth.